episode 202 of the All the Book Show, recorded at the David A. Howe Public Library. We talk book news, author news, literary news, and Spider-Man. That's right. Flip. Yeah. Hey. Flip, flip, flip. I want pictures of Spider-Man. Page one on my desk right now. I like it. Thank you. (laughs) Yes, that's right, folks. Today we are going to be talking about Spider-Man, and this episode is extra special because here you have episode 202. Extra special. Where we're going to talk all about Mm Spider-Man, but... This episode has a very special supplement because we sat down with Vitamin Mar- B. No. Oh. We sat down with Marvel Comics, Valiant Comics, novelist, author, Fred Van Lente to talk about his run on Spider-Man and many Ooh. other things. We're going to be releasing that as a special off the books episode. A couple so days you, after this. Yes. Yeah, so you can tune in uh, shortly and listen to our, our long conversation with Fred. He was very generous with his time and yeah. gave us quite a lot of interesting things. Talked about so. Spider-Man. Talked about... Uh, his character Scorpion. Yeah. Talked about uh, writing Hercules with yep. Greg Pak. Yeah. We talked about his new series, Psy mm-hmm. Lords, so a little bit about Alpha Flight. So Psy we really Lords. got into it with Fred Van Lentes. If you're not familiar with his work, uh, you probably are and just don't know it. But go hmm. back, read a little bit more, and then in a couple of days, we're going to release a supplement where we talk more about Spider Man, more with Fred Van Lente. But today, we're going to focus. But if you can, yes. you should also take a vitamin C supplement if you're not getting your I vitamin think, C. Yeah. That's, Humans and guinea pigs are the only creatures, only mammals that can't produce their own yeah, vitamin C. This is just good advice. This yeah, is so just good avoid advice. scurvy. Yeah, that stuff to. is. You want Did you ever to. read uh, the Terror by Dan Simmons? No thanks. It's all about scurvy. Scurvy and no the thanks. abominable snowman. And I tell you what, I'd rather deal with the abominable than yeah. scurvy. Yeah. So uh, I also want to thank our listeners again for continuing <laughs> to tell us their favorite sci-fi stories because they continue to come in. Yeah. Long after we've recorded, and we like to hear it. So you can always <laughs> talk to us at uh, Facebook at David A. Howe Public Library or on Twitter at All the Book Show. We like to hear your responses, so thanks for that. Yeah. But we are going to be talking about Spider-Man today because the mm-hmm. new movie, Spider-Man Far From Home, Flip. is out. And plus, we're just big Spider-Man fans. Yeah. Equally. Yeah. Not like Aladdin, where one of us is a bigger fan than the other. But Spider-Man, I feel like we're really equal, and I'm a bigger Aladdin fan. So why don't we start with the <laughs> book <laughs> this news. This is just because I don't like King of Thieves. You don't like King of Thieves, and it's right. great. It's a great movie. Okay. Well, Robin Williams is back. John Reese davies is there. It's great. John Reese davis is his dad? Yeah, he's the dad. I don't know. Yeah. I guess you saw the musical on stage as well. Oh, geez. Boy, did I. <laughs> yes, I was at the ALA conference a few years back in Chicago, Chicago yeah. and they were showing the uh, uh, Aladdin was, yeah. was on stage. I hated it. Yeah. But I also saw The King and I, and I thought it was great. So yeah. what are you going to so do? So if you combine Aladdin yeah. and The King and I, you get yeah. Aladdin, King of Thieves. Yeah. Nick loves it. And John Reese davis <laughs> Asp. Very so. dangerous. Yeah. All right. Was that from... That was from Raiders of the Lost. Oh, okay. Thanks for asking. <laughs> like, is that in Aladdin? <laughs> Thanks for asking. All right. Let's dive into the old bookmark. Woo! I like that little dance you were doing. Thank you. About... Uh, a lot about the bookmark. Uh, first of all, I want to apologize to our, our listeners, our viewers who are watching the video either on Twitch or on its later uh, YouTube days because what? I am wearing a Superman tie for the yeah. Spider-Man spotlight. It's only because I work the kid's desk on Mondays well, and I wanted a fun tie. This is not a statement. I'm not trolling anyone. I'm just wearing a Superman I tie. Think, so my apologies. I think Stanley and Sam Raimi both cribbed enough from Superman for you to get away with that. Thank you. No problem. All right, let's do bookmark. Okay. Here are some of the things that I've been reading, and I don't. I I had a productive. I had a productive week since we last recorded. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you a batch of graphic novels, and I'm tell you about the novel novels that I read. <laughs> I read Spidey Schools Out. So there was for a how two, long? For the summer. Oh, just well, for forever. Summer. Oh, wow. <laughs> Lucky us. Uh, Spidey Schools Out. So Spidey was a two volume series that I absolutely loved, and we're going to talk about that more in this segment. This is coming a little later. It's a different author, uh, similar aesthetic. This did not work. Oh. 
Now, we talked a little bit about this last week with The Flash, but I'm not a super fan of when they take a TV or movie and then try to like sort of morph the comics into being in there. Yeah. Because in Spidey, uh, what is it called? School's Out. Mm -hmm. You have a character, you have two characters who look like Ned and MJ, Mm -hmm. look and act like Ned and MJ. They're not Ned and MJ. They're just different characters. (laughs) And it's so annoying. Either don't do that. Yeah make them net at MJ or see the first suggestion, which was don't do that. Mm-hmm. So there was some cool stuff with Black Panther. The first suggestion. But I didn't particularly like this. But I do think the volumes one and two of just Spidey, uh-huh. great. We have them in our collection. Check them out. Thwip. I read X-Men Noir, which is by Fred Van Lente. Did who you say Noir funny? Did I? I feel like I did. You kind of like growled it. Noir. Yeah. Like if Sabretooth was telling you about X-Men This, Noir. this takes the Noir. X-Men... Sort of. And puts them in a noir detective setting. Mm -hmm. And my criticism of this would be, I think that, I think it works as a noir story. Mm -hmm. does not work as an X-Men story. Yeah. I think maybe that's what I said in my review. Is it? But if you want to hear why that might be so, you can listen to an upcoming interview in a couple of weeks uh, on previously on X-Men. Right. Where we talk about this. I appreciated it. I didn't particularly enjoy it. Batgirl Beyond Burnside. This is the first volume of Batgirl in the Rebirth era. We have it in our collection. We have a bunch of these, yeah. We do. I like that they're trying to do something different with the Batgirl Barbara Gordon character. Uh, I like the look of it. I like the overall style. Story didn't get me. Oh. Do with that what you The second volume looks uh, more exciting. Okay. The Son of Penguin storyline. Okay. So I read Superior. By Mark Millar. It's actually Mark Miller. You always say Millar and you trip me up, but it's Mark Miller. It's Millar. It's not. It is. It's not. I'm looking at it. I know it's written like that, but it's not how he pronounces it. Well, but he's Scottish, so maybe he's putting a Scottish accent on it. Anyway, uh, so this is basically where a little... I'll tell you what. Uh When I was watching this, I was like... Reading this. Reading this. Uh But it made me think of the Shazam. First of all, I think this ripped off big quite a bit. Yes. And they do cop to that in in the story. Mm -hmm. But I think the Shazam movie got a lot from this. Maybe. The scenes where... um, Sorry, I didn't tell you the the plot of this. (laughs) Uh, A kid gets the opportunity to be superior, a Superman-esque character. And so he he goes from being uh, a kid... Mm -hmm to a full-grown Superman-type right. character. And he's got to tell his best friend and all that. Yeah. Those scenes are like straight-up Tom Hanks big, which is a very creepy movie Yeah, in hindsight. Mm-hmm. At the time, I was like, oh, that's so cool. But then I watched it as an adult and was like, uh, yeah. I'm going to have to report this to someone. <laughs> but uh, it copies a lot from that. But then Shazam mm-hmm. copies a lot from Superior. Yeah. So yeah. what are you going to do? I don't know. And I enjoyed this. I thought it was pretty fun. I actually didn't know that I was reading the entire thing. I was oh. like, where's Superior Volume 2? And there's no Superior yeah. Volume 2. Yeah, this is pretty standalone. This is it. This is it. Uh, this is one that Eric forced in my hands when I was in a graphic mm. novel drought. Yeah. And I did enjoy it. So thank you. What, yeah. uh, what are your feelings on this? This is one I really liked. It yeah. was one of those... Uh, which it's just one where it seems like everybody can do a better Superman movie than Warner Brothers. That is fair. Um, because is fair. you read this and like he's getting he's yeah. getting Superman right, right. here. Just yeah. uh, the way basically. Um, but the difference between this and Shazam is the kid who uh, is superior in this. He's am I right? In, he's crippled. He he. I don't remember what exactly it was, but he walked with two like crutches. Yeah. Yeah. So he. Going back into his regular body is actually kind of like 
you know, something he doesn't want to do, right. not just because he doesn't want to be a superhero anymore. And uh, throughout the story, he has to make a choice of whether he's going to be superior anymore. He right. has to, you know, make a selfless act. And it's, it's just one of those things is like, oh, nobody understood this in the DC yeah. office. Yeah. Uh, and I don't actually know because Netflix bought up like the Millar or Miller, the yeah. Mark Miller universe. So I don't know if this is going to be a Netflix property mm. at some point but i think That'd this is one of those things they bought up did. it does i have a big pet peeve of when they put like contemporary pop culture references in mm-hmm. things and this was like <laughs> barack obama was the president yeah. and superior was like do you want me to go get osama bin laden and mm-hmm. i was just like mm, yeah well that's like some that. that's that's definitely mark mark millar's thing you read ultimates yeah. i mean he at one point, Betty Brant, not Betty Brant, Betty Banner is like, I'm interviewing Freddie Prince Jr. to play the Hulk in uh, wow. this movie or something. And it's all like Captain America met George W. Bush. Like Brian oh. Hitch drew yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, George I'm, W. No, so I'm like, I think that's just what like Millar likes to do. So, okay. All right. I read Marvel Adventures, the black costume. Uh, this is another Fred Van Lente Spider-Man. So uh, this this is part of the Marvel Adventures series, which is for a younger age. Yeah. And we talk in depth about the Marvel Adventures uh, imprint and the and the different yeah. things that Fred wrote there. So again, look out for this upcoming off the books episode and with author Fred Van Lente. Look out! Here comes the Spider Man. Uh, the Marvel Adventures. Can he swing? From a web. Oh, okay. Uh, I was reading. I read a bunch of the earlier stuff for, in this series as well, and a lot of the earlier stuff is just kind of retelling a lot of the Stan Lee, yeah. Steve Ditko stuff like updating it all and uh, changing some things. But I'm like, oh, this is just how we dealt with the vulture the first time we met him. This is how. Mm-hmm. So uh, they are written for kids, but I think it was also just to retell like the original well, stories. Well, it's handy because like like we discussed in the interview, I mean, you can pick those up and just read yeah. them. You don't have to be like, wait a minute, how does this, does this tie into Annihilation or like whatever right. the big event at the time is. They're just their own thing, which is can be really helpful. Yeah. Finally, I read Superman Shazam First Thunder. Uh, I was not a huge fan of this book. Um, it's a Superman Shazam story, as the title will tell you. Um, I thought it ended on a really intriguing note, uh, and I kind of would have liked to have seen that story rather mm-hmm. than what we got. Uh, and the art I was really on the fence about because, like in long shots, when you sort of see the world, it looks really good. But Superman and Shazam's faces, like anytime <laughs> there was a close-up, it was just like, this is the worst thing I've ever are seen. Are you saying so. Superman and Shazam are butterfaces? A little bit. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, inappropriate. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Okay. Uh, so that's it for graphic novels. Hmm. Uh, I read a few novels. Some of Book these, books. Some of these you're going to snicker at. Yeah, I am. The first is Queen's Shadow by E.K. Johnston. And this was not good. Oh, sorry, This man. was not good. That's a few weeks back, I read Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray, mm-hmm. I want to say. That was great. That, right. I feel like, was all of the things that were cool about the prequels. It was like, let's focus on this. And that was a very successful book. Queen's Shadow focuses on the character of Padme Amidala, mm-hmm. uh, transitioning from being queen to being senator. And oh, she wrote the Ahsoka Yes, yeah, she did. YA book. She did. And it was just... It was so focused on like the politics of it and the trade federation and all that. And she had these like interchangeable handmaidens that followed her everywhere. And it was just like, I can't tell these characters apart. Why are we continuing (laughs) to talk about these characters? That means they're doing their job. You're right. Exactly. (laughs) But it was just so boring. Did they get into banking? No, but it was basically like, how do I maneuver as a senator? Which... Ju- it just didn't work. I just have no idea who the audience. So it for didn't this engage is. with her super toxic, super fatal relationship with her <laughs> no. creepy. Older, Actually, no. I don't, I don't think it mentioned that at all. But, yeah. but it also, I really didn't like the way that she, as a character, 
kind of had no agency, which is mm-hmm. how she comes across in the movies as well. Yeah, especially um, after episode one. Yeah, she just she's just kind of like the queen asked her to be a senator, and she's like, okay, cool, whatever. And then like Bail Organa's like, come and be in a coalition, and like all these different things mm-hmm. are happening, and she's just kind of like. It's like they're presenting, they're treating her as if she is a strong character, the way mm-hmm. they t- speak about her. But her actions in the book are yeah. that of a character who just goes with the tides, which is like... In the movie, it, I yeah, think it just originally work. we were going to see her starting the rebellion, yeah. which would have redeemed a lot of her character in the movie. And I think and the it, novelizations do that yeah. as well. But it's, yeah, this is... I think this is a ultimately very skippable book because oh. it's not interesting. It doesn't really tell you anything that you don't already know. And it actually kind of, I feel like, takes away a little bit mm-hmm. what she does accomplish in the movies, which is not a lot. Well, uh, would you say after reading this that she's an angel? I, I, Are you an angel? Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for reminding me of the worst line in the prequel <laughs> trilogy. And that is a, that's a horse race right there. Yeah, um, uh, It's a pod race. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Men, <laughs> I read the novelization of Men in Black International. Take it away. I thought you'd have some funny comments about that. About the novelization of yeah. Men in Black International? Yeah. No. I, you don't have anything? Were there any funny comments in the movie? <laughs> <laughs> I I'm kidding. It. I haven't seen the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I liked it. So. I, I, there's a world in which you enjoy it. Nice. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. You know, I, uh, long-time listeners will know that I, I love a good novelization. In fact, yeah. we did a whole episode about it. Makes Peter care. David one of your most read authors. <laughs> that might be true. <laughs> uh, if you care to listen to that, you can go back and find our episode about novelizations. But yeah. I don't know the number. Do you? What? Epis- it's episode no. 136, all, all the right. books, the yeah. novelization. Uh, as far as novelizations go, this was pretty good. Yeah. It filled out especially... Uh, Oh, what's his name? Thor. What's his real name? What's Thor's Hemsworth. Real name? Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Thor son. It filled out his character quite a bit, which was nice. It added some pieces that were probably just ultimately cut from the movie, but mm. really really did kind of flesh him out a little bit, which I thought was good. You know what was cut in yes. the movie? What? Hemsworth's abs. Because he's cut. Oh, I see. He's cut. Yeah. I thought you meant he was like cut, but you mean he was cut. Like his body. Cut. His, yeah, yeah okay. he's cut. It also <laughs> included a short story really? uh, about the characters, which was pretty interesting. Oh. So, overall, uh, I, I had a good time. Did you ever watch the cartoon? No, I didn't. That was pretty good. Oh, okay. I really enjoyed it. It had oh. a really weird art style, but it was kind of cool, episodic, but also like. And was it a follow like the Will Smith character, or was it totally he, different? Yeah, it was. They, I think, uh, it it's after Men in Black one. Okay. If Tommy Lee Jones stayed, I see. So it's kind of an alternate reality. Confusing. I All think right. at one point, some one of the characters is like, I heard they're making a movie out of us. Oh, so there you go. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, Doesn't I... Make you a good kept secret, though. No. I read The Goldfinch by Donna Tartt. So this is, uh, this is quite a, a book. This is... You feel every one of the 700 ooh, pages. Ooh. But it's not, a it's not bad. I don't say that because it's bad. It's just mm-hmm. it really is a book that you need to devote some time to. Oh, yeah. And it's such a it's such a sprawling story. It's kind of hard for me to tell you what it's about, but oh. basically um <laughs> I don't even know. I guess I just don't want to give much away, but you're following a certain character who has a series of uh, he starts as uh, basically you follow him from the time he's a teenager, like thirteen, uh-huh. to when he's kind of a settled adult, probably 30, 35. Ooh. Um and he just goes through so many different life changes. Right. Puberty. And it's one of those things puberty. where it's like you kind of think you've seen the last of a certain character or a certain situation. Right. And it comes back three, four hundred pages Oof. later. So it's just, it's very well written. It's very, there's, there's a, a, a 
attention to detail and a, and a carefulness in the writing mm. that makes it so you cannot see a character for literally hundreds of pages. Right. And then they come back and it almost feels like you're in the new season of a TV show or it's like <laughs> a sequel somehow. And you're like, oh, I remember them. Yeah. So everywhere you look, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely worth a read. It's definitely going to take you some time. But I think that it managed to keep hold of the reins for all 700 pages and come to an ending that is, uh, I mean, there are some things that I felt like, well, I would have liked to have gotten a little closer on that. But I think as a whole, it really manages to keep all that in check mm. and get you to a place that's ultimately satisfying. So uh, I, I'm late to the party here with uh, the Goldfinch because it was all the rage yeah. a couple years back. But uh, yeah. if you haven't read it, now's a good time because it is in the process of being adapted. Tell you what, if you can remember the Goldfinch party, you yeah. aren't at that party. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, that's it for me. Okay. I'm currently reading The Hunter by Darwin Cook. This is a detective story, a graphic novel. Uh, good so far. And I'm reading Broken Bow, the novelization to the first episode of Enterprise with the sci-fi book club that mm. I'm in. Okay. So that's it. All right. Uh, I finished a few games. I played a game called The Whittle Tree, which was really good. It was a really fun little, kind of reminded me of like, I don't know, like Yoshi's Story or something like that. I played it with my son. And you're just a little tree stump going around <laughs> trying to find water. Okay. Yeah, he looks very fun. He looks very Again, cute. not a game you can get physical, but if you, you know, Steam or wherever else you right. play your games. Uh, it was a quick game, you know, a couple of hours, but great to play with kids. A lot of fun. All right. And then I, I had a bit of a Toy Story marathon over the weekend. What? Yeah. I'd never seen Toy Story 3. And a few weeks back, we'd watched Toy Story 1 with my son, uh-huh. and he wanted to watch more. And so we were like, well, I guess we'll just watch Toy Story 2. Uh-huh. And then that was over, and I was like, you know, let's just watch Toy Story 3. Okay. So we did, and then we got in the car, and How we, went, like it as a child? we went and watched Toy Story 4. Toy Story 3 gets pretty intense near the end. It does. Yeah, there were definitely some times where he was like, I'm, I'm just tired. I'm not <laughs> emotional about this at all. Yeah. But yeah, he was in it. Um, <laughs> hot take on the Toy Story franchise here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is great. Mm-hmm. Stays classic. Mm-hmm. I remember loving the second one. Mm-hmm. On rewatch, it felt a little more like Return of Jafar than... Uh, Whoa than uh king of Disagree. thieves how do you oh do you yeah have Toy you watched Story it recently pretty good yeah you watched it recently yeah i watched it uh when i was living with some friends they had kids and they were watching it all okay. the time and so i was just like i haven't watched this in forever and i put it in, i'm like wow this is still really okay. good it felt i don't know it just felt a little direct to video to me hmm. it originally was planned to be directed to video oh well that makes sense right. number three i again i just saw for the first time over the weekend uh-huh. i thought it was pretty decent yeah uh it it replays a lot of bits like i don't Often, I don't think the Toy Story series is super original because it tends to keep mm-hmm. reusing. Okay. Do you, you disagree? Uh, I don't know. Well, like in two, <laughs> in two and three. I haven't three, really thought of that too much. Like you have in two, you have the, the Buzz Lightyear who is fresh out of the box and is uh-huh. doing the whole Buzz Lightyear thing. And then right. three, he reverts to that again. So mm-hmm. like you kind of play that same joke. Mm. And I sort of felt like tour guide Barbie from two was pretty similar to Ken in three. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, that was Michael Keaton. I know. I love Michael Keaton. He was great. I thought the three was a really satisfying ending. So yeah. we finished that and I was That's like, I was pretty grumpy I have no idea happening. what they're going to do now. Yeah. But we sort of decided that three as a trilogy, it kind of works like this is the toys story. Yeah. Whereas four is more like a Woody epilogue. Yeah. Which I actually liked and kind yeah. of, I would say that's my favorite since the first Four was one. was pretty good, yeah. I, I thought that that worked all 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 around. Yeah. I thought Bo Peep was really great in it and yeah. I think that it did manage to find, like it, 
sometimes you have that movie and you're like, well, why did they make this? This mm-hmm. is stupid. You know? Yeah. Uh, like the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movie to, to <laughs> <laughs> jump all... into later. But uh, I don't... Uh, I didn't. I didn't find that. I didn't find it lacking. I thought, okay. yeah, totally. This this is a worthy yeah. addition. Yeah. So I I'm thumbs up for Toy Story four. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. You you'd seen it. We talked about this last week, and you you were pretty happy with it, right? Yeah, because I didn't want to see it. Yeah. I was like, why are they doing this? I like the ending for Toy Story three, yeah. and it was very surprising. Yeah. Uh, not unlike another film we'll talk about later. Okay. All right. I guess that's it for me. Sorry, that nice. was so very long. Yeah. What do you got? Not as much as you. I'm Holy sorry. cow. I'm sorry. Uh, graphic novel-wise, I started reading The Sheriff of Babylon. Uh, the first volume is called Bang, Bang, Bang. This is by Tom King, and it is a vertical title. I said vertical. This is a vertigo title. Um, fairly recent. Mm-hmm. This is um, basically the main character is like technically the sheriff uh, <laughs> over over with the military. Is anyone else hearing him say sheriff? Sheriff. It's yeah, sheriff. It's like you, it's like oh, how you, it's like how you say syrup instead syrup? of syrup. Yeah, past the syrup. You're saying sheriff. I'm saying instead syrup. of sheriff. Syrup. It's two syllables. Okay. Sheriff. I'm just getting to the end of the sentence Sorry. a lot faster than you. You're right. Uh, sheriff. It's good. It's I mean, it's depressing. It's you know anything that's dealing with the Middle East is usually pretty depressing uh, when it's the military over there, but. Uh, it's a good story. There's only it's only two volumes, so I was thinking. Woody about is it. also a sheriff. Yeah. He's not the sheriff of Babylon. There you go. Okay. So yeah, sheriff. Uh, I also finished Spider-Man: The Venom Factor by Diane Duane. Oh, the book. Yeah, the book. Fun. I have those. Yeah. I have those on my shelf. I haven't read a like Marvel Comics superhero novelization mm. book since I was a teenager. Yeah. And there's a lot of things I forgot about this. Like when I was a kid, I ate up the fact that when they were talking about a character, yeah. they would tell you their whole history. And oh, like yeah. chapters are so long. So like the Hobgoblin yeah. 2 is in this. Uh-huh. And it doesn't start with like the Hobgoblin 2's name is. It's yeah. like early in his career, Spider-Man ran into a villain called Green Goblin. <laughs> and it becomes like the Old Testament. It's like Green Goblin begot Hobgoblin, who begot <laughs> Hobgoblin 2. And it's just... It's just is it less violent than the Old Testament? <laughs> I guess so. Okay, uh, four like four or five chapters in, you've had everything about Spider-Man explained to you. There's a chapter about Mary Jane and her acting modeling career. There's mm. a chapter about Spider-Man at the Daily Bugle. Yeah. There's a chapter about his villains, and it's just there's just so much information. And I mean, as a kid, yeah, I always ate that stuff up, but. Uh, it was fine. Venom's there. They're chasing after the Hobgoblin too, who has nuclear devices. Apparently, this is a trilogy. I have the second book, The Lizard Sanction, mm. which also has Venom in it. Okay. And then there's a third book I didn't know about called The Octopus Agenda. Yeah, I have that. Also, has I have Venom this trilogy. You have Octopus Agenda? I do. Yeah, well, I'll have to read that you can after, borrow it. Yeah. Uh, after I finish. I did start reading uh, The Lizard Sanction. Okay. Which I like The Lizard. I like 90s Lizard. Yeah. So, like and, from The Amazing Spider Man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, the Snakes. Yeah. So, I guess those are what I read that Spider Man book and Share for Babylon. Okay. So. That's it. All right. So we'll talk about you, the Spider-Man a little bit later. We'll no, talk about it a little bit more. We should talk about Spider-Man now. Right now? For the segment. Okay. You ready right? to do it? Yes. All right. Do you want to sing the Spider-Man theme song? Yeah. Hey, it's Spider-Man. He's your friend. He's going to help you to the end. Oh, He's yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah. You know, a lot of people would have gone with a more traditional theme. Yeah. But you, you found the one. Oh, you would have done na 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 Spider-Man. Yeah, that's when I would have okay, done. Okay, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's just, <laughs> it just gets in your head. Yeah. All right, folks, we are going to be talking about everybody's favorite webhead, everybody's favorite wall crawler, 
Spider-Man. Do you want to take <laughs> us in with a little history of the character of Spider-Man? The history of the character with Spider-Man? Yeah. I mean, this was one of Spider uh, Stan Lee's earlier uh, creations. In uh, collaboration with Steve Ditko. Steve Ditko. So after, uh, after he kind of created the Marvel Universe with Fantastic Four, he... He kind of, with Fantastic Four, he was kind of breaking new ground with like superheroes arguing and being like real people. And mm. with this one, he was kind of uh, revigorating comics again by making Spider-Man younger. I yeah. think technically he's supposed to be like 15 or 16, yeah. but the way he's drawn in those comics, yeah. I always thought he was like 25. He's a cool 38. Yeah. Those- <laughs> so Spider-Man first appeared in Amazing Fantasy number 15 in August of 1962. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I, this is a character I think Stan Lee's always kind of i don't know he maybe he doesn't say he has favorites but you always kind of get the vibe that stanley liked spider-man oh, definitely. The most of all and yeah. probably because he's his most successful yeah. like as mickey mouse is to disney yeah uh spider-man is to stanley yeah. um and so this 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 is where stanley i mean fantastic four had it but this is definitely where stanley was like comic books are soap opera yeah and i'm gonna make every issue like a soap opera yeah and i mean there's so he created so many like background characters for spider-man so many i mean this is as down on their luck as you can for a superhero yeah so well and and we we're, we're gonna we're not gonna spend a ton of time on this because we really did talk a lot about stanley yeah. spider-man and that stanley episode that we did a while yep. back which again is episode 169 yeah. but to speak to your point mm-hmm. you read those spider-man comics and you get a full a fully developed character in mm-hmm. peter parker spider-man right and you read Superman of that time and you get mm-hmm. nothing. Right. Superman is just a big loaf of wonder bread <laughs> without a care in the world besides right. like how will I ever prevent Lois from marrying me? You know, it's like there's nothing. You don't get any sense of the fact yeah. that like he this man has a job. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's got a mm-hmm. he's got deadlines. He's got <laughs> he's got to turn in stories to Perry White at the Daily Planet. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, that's not a problem. He's Superman. like he's lonely, he's by him. nothing. Yeah. All you get is like, "Oh, Lex Luthor, I'll fly away." Yeah. That's it. You get nothing. But with Spider-Man, you get this fully you just see everything you see all of his worries you see Mm -hmm. all of his nerves all of his like social awkwardness and anxiety he's all just right there and i mean literally right there because it's 50 percent text in those yeah yeah but uh yeah spider-man if you compare him to his contemporaries in the silver age in the 60s Mm -hmm. he is a character who you know like if you were a kid reading comic books in the 60s You'd see like a thirty-year-old man mm-hmm. in Batman who's like got it all together and no internal monologue. Yeah, and you'd see Spider-Man being like, "Who am I going to take to the prom?" Yeah. you know what I mean. But still being Nobody. still being cool <laughs> and heroic. Yeah. So I think what Stanley was able to accomplish in those mm-hmm. is really, really set this character up because in a way, um, a lot of the characters that have endured like Spider-Man mm-hmm. were established decades earlier. Yeah, you know what I mean. Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman decades earlier mm-hmm. so you know it's of course it's not unheard of for a character to come along much later and stick right. around wolverine being a great example but you know for spider-man to be on the level with those and really i don't know would you say spider-man's more iconic probably not than a superman or a batman but uh, i think he actually does top list when uh they do like worldwide recognition really um list i think spider-man usually beats out Batman. Okay. I don't know if he beats out Superman, but I think Batman's very much like an American property. I see. Uh, when it comes to like box office and mm-hmm. everything, and Spider-Man's a lot more. I think he Spider-Man, like financially, makes way more than okay. any other superhero. Uh, yeah, I can in terms see that. of toys, shows, merchandise. Well, he's he's relatable in yeah. a, in a way that is, yeah. I think, more I mean, universal than a Superman. Or... There were like three very not good movies in a row, and they still made money, and then they've made more money than before. Yeah. So I think 
yeah, he's definitely Marvel's hmm. biggest. So. Okay, so take me back to uh, Eric, young Eric, mm-hmm. first discovering a Spider-Man. Um, so when I was younger, like the X-Men show, like the '90s X-Men cartoon, I remember seeing pieces of the '90s Spider-Man cartoon. Okay, but I never watched it. Okay. Um, because I don't think we had TV at the time or Mm -hmm. it just wasn't a thing, but it was always kind of like intriguing. Um, And so I guess I knew who Spider-Man was, but I didn't. So in 2000, when the X-Men movie was coming out, I was getting into X-Men and getting into comics and my library had like the first two or three essential X-Men, but they also had like four or five essential Spider-Man. And I had tried to pick up the first Avengers and the first uh, Fantastic Four. I was like, these are boring, but I really got into the essential Spider-Mans. Um, Stan Lee, classic. This, so, the, yeah, era. this is just like Spider-Man 1 uh, by Stan Lee, you know, the first 20 issues his run, and then mm-hmm. it would just keep going. And I, if, you, if you're going to go back and read these, I really recommend getting a hold of the Marvel Masterworks mm-hmm. version. Yeah. Same stuff, but like full color. Yeah. Whereas the essential I or whatever, is it essentials that Marvel calls them? The, the essentials are their older imprint. Those were black, black and, white, and white, slightly yeah. cheaper. They've now... Uh, released their epic collections which i believe are in color and are basically the essential the new like versions of the essentials but i mean this was this was how i just got into spider-man and so like all those earlier stories are like i remember reading about like the first scorpion story and you know molten man and Mm -hmm. just all this stuff i'm like wow i kind of like this stuff so yeah that was just that was just it i just got really because it just starts yeah and just keeps going and i really got into like all of the melodrama i'm like oh how is he gonna pay for this Mm -hmm. and like it's it's dated but it actually when i was reading it it felt like it had aged a lot better than some other stuff yeah uh, coming out in 1962 so i guess just because like the problems are more more universal rather than like well they're they're more universal but they're also the focus is a lot narrower yeah you know i mean his his personal problems don't always Mm -hmm. translate to the personal problems that like Mm -hmm. we would have today or you know in the right early 90s when we were reading these books it was also the stuff has changed in the comics but like as the movie was coming out, it was still a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, Peter's down on his luck. He can't pay the yeah. rent. He can't talk to girls. And so it was very much like you're just, you're reading the stuff that they're still doing yeah. in the movie. So it didn't even feel like the comics or the character had moved past this stuff. Mm-hmm. So it it worked for me. Yeah. I mean, Spider-Man always resets to that point you yeah. know, where he's, or he's yeah. just a down on his luck teenager. Mm-hmm. For me, uh, much like in our X-Men episode a while back, my my beginnings with this character would be Spider-Man and his amazing friends. There was two series that were sort of back-to-back. One was just called Spider-Man, mm-hmm. and then there was Spider-Man and his amazing friends, and they would kind of air interchangeably and were somewhat connected. Right, uh, but, but Amazing but Friends had Iceman. Amazing <laughs> Friends had Iceman and Firestar. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So... Uh, I had a VHS tape which had the the origin of the Spider Friends on it, <laughs> and I watched that VHS tape yeah. so many times. I never saw any of these shows when really? I was growing up. Yeah, mm. none of them. I think. I mean, I I I know that I saw them on TV. They must mm-hmm. have been airing like locally in syndication or something. Right. But Toys R Us put out a bunch of VHS sure. of um, Pride of the X Men and mm-hmm. the '60s Captain America show, Spider Man huh. and His Amazing Friends, mm-hmm. uh, different things like that. And so I would just randomly pick those up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends was definitely 
then that's that's my go-to mm-hmm. you know like that that was what got me but i was always going to there was a there was a comic book store right next to the grocery store huh. and we would usually Lucky. go in the comic book store called collector's cove very skeevy in hindsight it oh. was like an all teal building with no windows Ooh. and you just go in and it was a small little place sounds and like my had, comic store oh, but yeah mine's great yeah, I mean, just because it's like a weird windowless like yeah. room. But so we go in there, and I would dig through the quarter boxes. And Spider Man was one that I would always like grab. Nice, you yeah. know, just and I I always gravitated more towards like I mean I guess this would have been the early eighties mm-hmm. or late eighties, early nineties. Early eighties. How old are you? <laughs> <laughs> now he's young. But I would still go for like really like seventies Spider Man. Yeah. is what I liked the best back in the day. So yeah, I would watch the show. Um, and I would collect the comic books mm-hmm. and read them, you know, and I had my favorites that I would read over right. and over again. Um, so I went there, uh, and then the 90s Spider-Man show, right. uh, as much as the X-Men animated series was appointment TV for me, Spider-Man was like, I could not miss the Spider-Man animated series. And that was like, I was just, I was just so into that. Like he could never quite so make it work. Yeah. I could, he could never quite make it work with Mary Jane. Yeah. And then like Felicia Hardy would come in as black cat and he'd be mm-hmm. all like, I just don't know what to do, yeah. you know? And it was also Doc Ock looked cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love J. Jonah Jameson in that. Mm-hmm. It was, it was just all so like real. And yeah. like when that, when, when did that air? When did that air? Like 92, 93, pretty okay, close so to like, uh, X-Men. And that was several years. I believe that aired. So that yeah, was I think like it lasted right, until 97, right in my early teen years. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was watching this and it was all like mm-hmm. Spider-Man's girl troubles and having crushes. And like, right. it, it was all very like relatable to me. Mm-hmm. And there's this thing where Mary Jane falls through a portal. And I, to this day, I've never, figured out what happened to mary jane in that series so listeners if you know please tell me what happened is this to mary the jane. uh like madam web stuff the madam web stuff is part of it it never got close they were supposed to do another season yeah so you're so always I don't yeah. think it yeah i don't think it ever did resolve but yeah maybe that, into the spider-verse will solve it for maybe. you maybe <laughs> so i was always into that i was always into spider-man mm-hmm. thanks to spider-man and his amazing friends but that really cemented it the yeah. spider-man 90s animated series uh, did you ever watch? There was, I think it was the seventies. There was a live action. No, I did not watch this live action this, show. It was a yeah. weird show. It was a weird show, but I watched that as I well. I didn't watch this or the Power J- Japanese Power Rangers version. No, of I didn't Amita. see that either. But again, I think I think I, my friend had like some episodes of that show mm-hmm. like taped on like a uh, Betamax or okay. something, and we'd watch them. Mm-hmm. But I haven't seen that since I was like. You right, know, six. So in like two thousand one would probably be where I'm like learning about spider-man like as 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 ignorant as i could be Mm -hmm. and i think so there were i think you had this book or maybe even have it there's dk put out a bunch still does put out a bunch of like superhero encyclopedias did you have the spider-man i've read it yeah um and it was defelco right yeah and i had the x-men one and that thing was like a Bible to me. But the Spider-Man one was always so cool too because he just has so many villains and so many side characters that just like reading is like, who's this? Who's, yeah. Like I would read stuff and see like Cardiac in there. I'm like, Cardiac seems cool. And, He's not. Well, maybe not cool. Yeah. Uh, there's a section in there where it talks about like Spider-Man coming up with like four alternate realities. Uh, not realities, alternate uh identities because everybody was against spider-man mm. so he took on the role of four different superheroes oh yeah i remember that and one of them was dusk and when i was sitting down to play Dungeons and dragons and i had to name my rogue i came up with dusk oh and that's gosh. how we get dusk versus tweak oh my gosh so but yeah this this was like an encyclopedia i'm like this is awesome this was I, like i didn't think i knew that i don't think i knew that was the origin of your well no because it it is the D origin yeah. but the actual name I'm like yeah oh, dusk is cool i even think i thought my thief looked like him huh but uh, I've never read those those comics either. Uh. So like I was 
reading the Stan Lee comics, reading this encyclopedia, and we both played this game, but on different systems. But in 2000, there was a Spider-Man game. Yes, there was. It's it's still one of N64. like my favorite games of all time. The N64 cartridge was red. Yeah, red fools like Spider-Man. It was awesome. I played the PS1 version, even though I had a 64. I had bought a PS1 from my friend so I could play Final Fantasy IX and Spider-Man 2000. Wow. The differences between them is that the 64 told the story in comic book panels. Yeah. And the PS1 had like CGI cutscenes. Oh. And it was just like. It was so cool. It was such a cool game to yeah. me because it had all his villains and like the boss fights were cool. It, it played well. Mm-hmm. It had some cool music. And it was also, you could collect comic book covers and, I, and costumes. And I would just go to the comic book gallery and just look at all the issues. I'm like, how do I read all these? <laughs> how do I get all these? I wish there was some way I could just read all these comics. Did you ever play? There was, there was, a, there was an NES game called, I think, Spider-Man and the X-Men. That was. I played the Super Nintendo piece one. Of garbage. There's a bad one on the Super Nintendo. Spider-Man and the X-Men: Arcade's Revenge, where that, you you have to fight Arcade. That was a trash monster. Of a yeah. game. <laughs> um, but the the Maximum Carnage game. Oh, yeah. For Sega Genesis was People actually to like that one. Yeah. Good. That storyline is that. kind of garbage. Yeah. I I've read that. Com- well, I remember reading that fun. comic and being like, blah. But yeah. Have you I played think... other Spider-Man games? I haven't played the new PS4 one. I played. Spider-Man 2002, the one based off the first movie. Okay. And I played, I played Ultimate Spider-Man bit. based off of Ultimate Spider-Man. I guess that's the other thing. That's the other... So, at the same time, Marvel had released their Ultimate line, Ultimate X-Men, the Ultimates, and Ultimate Spider-Man. Ultimate Spider-Man being the first one. And Marvel used to do this thing online. They had this, like, Marvel... I can't remember what it was called. It was an online... And they had comics that you could read online for free. Hmm. And I read so many... And you like, I think maybe you downloaded them and read them. And I read like the first 12 issues of Ultimate Spider Man on this thing. Okay. And I don't know how they kept track of these numbers, but it successfully did what it was supposed to do in that I read these comics and then I wanted to read more and bought more. And then I became the comic book reader fan that I became. Sitting before me, even so, now. Uh, that was a big help. But yeah, Ultimate Spider Man came out, I think it's 2000, 2001 when okay. they published it. Um, that's when I read all the way until the end. It was, I mean, this is one I had a subscription for. It would come in the mail for me. And like, I, I used to eat this comic up. Uh, you don't really like it. I, the art, I really don't like. You don't like I'm okay uh, with the story, but Mark I, Bagley. Yeah, I don't, don't like that art Mark at Bagley? all. Um, it, it's a little, I think it comes across a little dated now because they're trying to update, like, Spider-Man's into web design now. Yeah. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, instead of being a photographer and everything. Yeah. But there's, it... <laughs> Let me check my email, Harry. Yeah. Um, the villains get all updated and everything, but it's all very, like, early 2000s. But it was... It was for this is l- how I feel about Ultimate X-Men. It is so, like, anchored to its time. Yeah. And it's kind of hard to go back. Yeah. Well, the difference is Ultimate X-Men is very bombastic when Mark Miller is writing it. It's very, like, action-oriented, so maybe you can get across some of that stuff, whereas this is very character yeah. and a little bit slower. Yeah. Um, and some of the villain takes are a little, like, oh, that's not as cool. But, I mean, uh, Venom was, like, a bio weapon and they they've kind of done some stuff with that i think so i don't mm. know uh it was interesting they made a game based off of it which i really enjoyed okay it was like 
very much. For what system? For PS2 and GameCube and everything. Okay. Uh, huh. It was like a storyline. You got to play as Venom as well. Weird. Um, I never played this. So uh, that that was very important in my Spider-Man journey. So. I enjoyed, um, I guess while we're talking about video games, I did enjoy Spider-Man Friend or Foe on the Wii. That oh, was okay. pretty fun. Sure. You'd go and play a level, then you'd kind of get one of Spider-Man's, mm-hmm. occa- like, you know, like Venom or Black Cat or people who are occasionally Spider-Man right. allies. And then you get to play as them a little bit. Okay. You have to sort of figure out, hmm. are they friend or foe? Yeah. That was a good game to play with uh, my friend Dan Christo. Shout out to Danny C. <laughs> uh, we played that, like, blasted through that in a weekend when he was visiting, right. but... I, I read a book in high school. I didn't read too many like Spider-Man books. Uh, I read a lot more of the X-Men novels, okay. but they had one called Carnage in New York, and it was by David uh, Michelini and Dean Wesley Smith. I don't think it was very good, mm-hmm. but some stuff, like there was a line in there where Spider-Man learns that he needs to punch through Carnage, mm. not punch Carnage. And yeah. now I remember being like a teenager and having a sledgehammer at work to smash couches. Yeah. And I'd be like, don't hit the couch, hit through the couch. Nice. And everything. I like it. But I just remember like Mary Jane having like a voice acting interview and it being like the worst thing I had ever read. Weird. And then, yeah, with Mary Jane in these books, it's always like her acting career and it's always... I don't know. It's always very separate from everything hmm. else. But let me ask you this. Uh-huh. Do you prefer your Spider-Man with or without Mary Jane? With. 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 Okay. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I kind of lean towards without. Uh, there are some arcs that I like her in. Another you like a Tomcat like... Spider-Man. <laughs> so No, I don't. <laughs> but there is a, there's an arc we'll get into in a minute when we uh, get there. Okay. Uh, and then also the first Spider-Man movie came out. Yeah. Which was huge. I saw that probably five times at least in theaters. I did see it three times in theaters, yeah. I bought my tickets. Well, I, I saw it five <laughs> times. I don't know. I bought my tickets two weeks in advance yeah. for Spider-Man, the first movie. And um, I had some friends who were like, why would you pre-order your tickets? That's so stupid. And so me and my other two friends were in line yeah. at Spider-Man. And we saw that kid come in go up to the front booth and have to leave because <laughs> it was sold out just all desserts. shows nice were try sold out. flash thompson I, I mean i don't know if people can remember because everybody likes to kind of poop on the toby mcguire films yeah uh when they get the chance but like there wasn't anything bigger at the mo- oh like, no we had a star wars no. movie that summer and nobody could care no. compared to spider-man i remember i was i was doing <laughs> this is so nerdy i was doing a production of bye bye birdie uh-huh. when i was in this uh-huh. and we had like some time after dress rehearsal or something and so we were gonna go see spider-man and this was like a long time after it had come out yeah and we went and there was like th- three or four of us mm-hmm. we couldn't sit together i mean yeah. it was totally packed we yep. had to sit randomly throughout yeah. and we did it Nice. We were still like, yeah, all right, I want to see Spider-Man for the fifth yep. time, so yeah. we'll just sit by ourselves. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, of, it was big business. A lot of people were talking when it came out about how this was like the first kind of movie like this after 9-11, mm. and like America kind of needed this movie to like, because we had just spent six months, you know, in Spider- fear. Spider-Man 2, you mean? No, Spider-Man 1. This movie came out in 2002. Did it? Yeah. Oh, okay. May 2002. This was the one where they had to take out the... The Twin Towers scene Twin where he webs up the helicopter between the two Twin yeah. Towers. Yeah, and but I remember was, even the, the original posters had yeah. the reflection in its eye. Yep. But it, I remember just reading a lot of articles like we... It was it was very like cathartic for us as a nation to see like a super heroic... Yeah. And I mean, that's why you get all those scenes in there. Oh, like, that's you, true. This is New York. Like, we're you all with, working together. You work, mess with yeah. one. You, yeah, you, you mess with everybody right. who you is in New York at this that. time. All right. Let's talk about the Sam Raimi's for a okay. minute. Okay. Yeah. So we've covered the early 
we've covered the early TV shows. Uh-huh. We've covered some most of the video games. Uh-huh. Let's talk about the Spider-Man trilogy. Okay. Now, is this so? This is around the time where comics are really like popping for you. I mean, right? yeah. Uh, X-Men comes out in 2000. This comes out in 2002. And then, you know, the floodgates just opened. Yeah. So I had a huge crush on Kirsten Dunst at this point. Same. So, you yeah. know, same. Uh, but um, I these movies at the time, uh-huh. I I just I loved them. I yeah. five times for the first one. Uh-huh. Went to a midnight showing of the second one. Oh, nice. Uh, I saw the third one locally with Chuckle Corral oh. when it came out. Uh, and it was there was uh, I don't know if you, if listeners are familiar with Chuckle Corral over mm-hmm. in the Silver Lake Perry area, uh, you can sit outside. You know you can sit on the grass, mm-hmm. and there's a pretty big lawn and all the cars. We were there to see Spider Man three, mm-hmm. and it was like a, a, just a complete patchwork. The, yeah. Our blank we were blanket to blanket yeah. with people all around us. Yeah. Not a place to park. It, yeah. it was just not a single more person could have yep. fit there. So I think huge. technically Spider-Man three has still sold the most tickets of any Spider-Man film. Yeah. If you, uh, instead of doing like inflation math and everything, yeah. it's just ticket sales is still the highest. Um, I, I, this is one that I need to revisit because oh, yeah. I, it's am pretty sure. Good. I am pretty sure I that like I have it. only seen this that one time in oh, Chuckle wow. Corral. I don't think I've ever seen it since. Well, see, I, you may have seen the first one more times than me in theaters, yeah. but I saw each Spider-Man movie three times. So I guess that all works out. It all evens yeah. out the numbers. Yeah, I saw. Yeah. I I just remember it was like Spider Man Two. My friends, it, it was the same thing with the Return of the King. Like, oh, hey, I'm going to the movie. I'm like, I am too. Here's uh-huh. here's where things get delicate uh-huh. between us. Oh, because I have recently watched Spider Man One and Two. Uh huh. And I didn't. I just Uh-oh. I. <laughs> <laughs> I feel about them the way that just I just laugh f- like a Spider-Man villain. The way that I feel about the show Scrubs. Oh jeez. I loved it. Good night everybody. Watch Scrubs <laughs> constantly. Uh-huh. You know, like I was just it was obsessed with it. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Now I try to watch Scrubs and I just think, boy, this is so early 2000s mm-hmm. and I still love it for like what it was to me, but I mm-hmm. don't feel that the show Scrubs uh-huh. is as translates as well today as it does mm. then and i think for the for the raimi films and i i know we're not going to agree on this that's okay but i think for the raimi films like he was going for such a purposeful melodramatic tone mm-hmm. that absolutely nailed it mm-hmm. like in the early 2000s but i don't find those for me like it works as well today as it did then counterpoint um well like I remember watching Spider-Man 2, and this would have been like 2007. Like, I had just started college. I was having a rough time. I had no cash. Mm -hmm. My girlfriend had just broken up with me Mm -hmm. back home. And so I was like in this really like kind of sad place where I'm like, I don't have friends. I don't have money uh, and everything. And I'm watching Spider-Man 2, and there's this scene where he's at the window, and he's given up being Spider-Man, and he doesn't want to be Spider-Man anymore. But then he just, he saved a little girl from a burning building. And now he doesn't, he's like, I guess I have to be Spider-Man. He's at the window. He's like am I not allowed to have what I want? And it was just this kind of like, sometimes when you're growing up, you can't have everything yeah. you want. And it, it that line like just kind of hit me. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, yeah. Sometimes things are hard and you can't have what you want, but you got to keep... You got to keep being Spider-Man. I saw, you know, in the whole, and Marvel did their whole thing where they put a, just a webbed number four mm-hmm. uh, recently yeah. on social media. If you're not aware of this, listeners, Marvel real let us Marvel down. put an, a webbed number four on there and instantly people were, thought either it's going to be some sort of Spider-Man Fantastic Four thing right. or they're going to take the the uh, aborted Spider-Man four Script, and yeah. make it into a graphic novel or yeah. something. There's a lot of excitement about yep. it. 
uh, including my own. I mean, I was all ready for that. Yeah. And then it just turned out to be J.J. Abrams is was writing a Spider-Man story. And apparently yeah. somebody from 2004 cares about this. But myself and many other people on Twitter were yeah. so excited. And when we found out what it was, we were Yeah, it was a real letdown. But the aftermath of that was a lot of people on Twitter like bashing the Raimi films. Yeah, you know, people when like somebody to do that. said something about like, oh, these are the worst Spider Man movies and I saw a Twitter user saying something like, Well, you must be fourteen years old. You yeah. Know? And I really think that that's true because I appreciate them for what they are and think that they're so important, like in the grand scheme mm-hmm. of like the Spider Man story, the Spider Man saga. Mm-hmm. Um and I just think I would never, I don't like to hear people say that they're bad or mm-hmm. something like that because they're not. They're absolutely not. Right. You know, they're, they were perfect for what like the world needed at the mm-hmm. time and sat so well with the rest of pop culture at mm-hmm. the time. And I think in some ways, because they were so in touch with what was going on, that makes them a little bit of a time capsule for that time that makes it for me harder to go back and watch hmm. again and, and appreciate them. See, I today. think that I'd agree pretty easily about that with the first one. Cause the okay. first one is very quirky in yeah. a lot of ways, but I still think this, I still think Spider-Man two is one of like the great superhero yeah. comic book films. And I don't, I mean, other movies have had great, the, the Spider-Man versus Doc Ock on the train, everything. Yeah. I don't, that's one I compare like most things to yeah. in in movies. I'm like, was this as good as the Spider-Man on the train scene? Yeah. It wasn't okay then. Yeah. Um. And yeah. So like, but also you're right. It's probably an age thing because like X-Men Two, Spider-Man Two, and Batman Begins are the like superhero films yeah. I compare most superhero films to. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I think Spider-Man Two just gets so much right and it's still probably my favorite Spider-Man film though. Well, they get so. I mean, there's so much. Uh, yeah he uses melodrama in such an effective way mm-hmm. but you Man, know the I posters for spider-man not, 2 are so cool if you're not like in touch with that then mm-hmm. it doesn't quite yeah i don't know it doesn't yeah. translate as well they're but. a little bit too a bit too uh sincere yes for our slightly yeah. cynical uh yeah. and ironic era at the moment yeah. so they're not like oh yeah i may be spider-man but take a look at this yeah i don't know so yeah. there's a lot less self He's not a particularly quippy Spider-Man. No. Which I guess is... Otherwise, I mean, I, I really like Tobey Maguire in those movies, yeah. and I don't get the people who complain about Tobey Maguire. Yeah. But if I were going to level a criticism at those movies, it would be... No, he's be, not quippy. He's not funny. Yeah. Like, maybe ever. Yeah. Intentionally. Yeah. Trying to get the brooms to stay in the closet's hilarious, but Spider-Man <laughs> uh, just isn't particularly Yeah, the humor funny. comes from how sad Peter's life is, not I so guess. much what Peter says yeah. when he puts on the mask. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a fair complaint. Yeah. I still quote, thank God for you, Peter. Yeah. Like, all the yeah, time. Yeah, William, Willem Dafoe is is great yeah uh i've i've come to appreciate him more as i got older yeah. uh doc ock is you just, great you just got a picture sam raimi being like well that's great but a little more and him being like really yeah yeah yeah, yeah more <laughs> ah, <finish yeah>. it! <laughs> he's just woo. yeah it's you know. great um and spider-man 3 i think if they had made spider-man 4 i i've kind of hold to the thing where if they had done spider-man 4 and made venom the main only villain in spider-man 4 yeah and that way spider-man 3 is kind of like an origin yeah then maybe well we the same way like age of ultron is a better film because of civil war yeah. and other movies that's not uncommon i mean you might have saved it but. toss it over to star trek you have a movie yeah. like star trek 5 mm-hmm. which people kind of hate because yeah. it's like it doesn't take it seriously and it's yeah. very goofy but then six comes along and suddenly yeah. star trek 5 is just a fun quirky little yeah. thing like you're feelings with the jurassic park, park three, three yeah perhaps um though to be fair from what i've seen of spider-man 4 it might not have been the 
uh, home run that we had been mm-hmm. thinking. That's too bad. I remember there were, I think uh, Anne Hathaway might have played the Vultress. Ugh. Yeah. Anyways, I might have forgiven it too. Yeah, you might have. <laughs> you might have. Uh, but we got the Andrew. I'll tell you what. What? If someone wants to make for me Spider-Man 4 and yeah. Batman Triumphant, I will watch both of them. I, I, in this day and age, I'm not, I wouldn't actually be surprised if they're like, we're also, we're making Spider-Man three for mcu yeah. and we're making spider-man four and we're doing into the spider-verse why not i think we'd all uh, just put spider-verse on it i'd be there go, yeah i would totally be there uh less so for the garfield films ah the garfield films so uh i don't you probably remember this because this is one of the rare cases where uh i had a real my my first impression was the wrong impression but you we, loved it we saw the first spider-man right? movie the first amazing spider-man and i really liked it yeah and as i've tried to come to terms with that over the years i realized it was just like i liked spider-man yeah and i was just happy to see spider-man but they were also using so much of what sam raimi had already done that i think i yeah. was i still had like residual feelings well the thing okay the thing with now the, i the, do not like it at all the thing with the andrew garfield movies i think he's actually a very good spider-man sometimes i think yeah i think he's a fun like throwing out the like wisecracks and things kind of spider-man it's kind of pervy though is he yeah he's a little pervy oh, I don't he's like i don't want to go swing he's like come on she's oh. like no my dad come on oh, i don't remember yeah uh i mean they have good chemistry yeah garfield and uh, emma stone yeah uh they have good chemistry mm-hmm. the first one i didn't like and then we watched it again, and I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. I've seen it maybe three or four times, weirdly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I've kind of ended with like, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like anything they do with the lizard. Oh, um, God. It looks so bad. I don't like that Peter has no transition at all. He goes from like... Cool kid to cool, cool kid. Cool, sexy kid with glasses to cool, sexy kid without yeah. glasses. You hey, know Peter I mean? Parker, stop skateboarding in the halls. Yeah, exactly. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, which one has the Stanley cameo? Oh, they both do. Well, which one has the one that the, I'm talking about? The lizard about? fight in the library. Within in the, the school library. library. Yeah, that's up pretty there great. among the best yeah. Stanley. Here's, here's where you're probably going to like slap me in the face. Yeah. I like Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah, that's fine. I liked it when I saw it. Yeah. I continue to like it. I saw Amazing Spider-Man 2 in theaters, and the whole time I was like, I have never been so bored that's and funny. so ready to just die. <laughs> yeah. It Honestly, I felt like tired after this. I'm like, I don't want to watch any more of these. That's funny. It it was just rough. I did not like Jamie Foxx at all. I did kind of like Jamie Foxx. I didn't Fox. like whatever his name is who played Harry. Mm. They were. It, it was just, yeah, for me, it did not hit any buttons i mean emma stone i find charming yeah i was over andrew garfield's shtick in this one and i think they stuck too closely to the gwen stacy arc and yeah, they made a mistake true. i think we would have been more excited for amazing spider-man 3 had they just gone to london yeah and then they did go to london yeah huh weird yeah All right. yeah because they cut shalane woodley out of that she was they she sure was, did didn't she actually film scenes of she mary filmed jane? scenes where she was gonna be mary jane yeah but then she was busy what being in Divergent. The reason why I liked this mm-hmm. the way I did, I think, was because... Like gross skater boys <laughs> playing uh, Green Goblins. It is a, it's goblins? among the most like colorful and vibrant comic booky. I say that about Apocalypse, and you basically want to push me into but a I don't, I don't think that's true. I, I don't so feel that way about Apocalypse. What? There's so much purple. Okay. You're right. There's a lot of purple. <laughs> uh, and actually, I was a little bit more okay with Apocalypse right. when I rewatched it. But anyway. yes. To me, that was just a, it was just a very low stakes, mm-hmm. 
movie with charming leads in a super colorful background. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You know, if I was going to watch a Spider-Man movie, that would be high on the list of ones I would rewatch. I think Amazing Spider, you say it's low stakes, but I think they were trying to push so much stakes on us. Um, Though I have read some articles where people are discussing this and trying to, that Amazing Spider-Man 2's biggest problem was how much the marketing was pushing Spider-Man 3 that hadn't even happened mm. yet because it was all about like, where's this going? You might see the Sinister Six next time. Yeah. And it was all about like pushing this like extended universe after Amazing Spider-Man yeah. 2. And I think that's where some of the exhaustion came from. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I remember at the time when they were talking about making like villain movies and yeah. stuff and i just was like i'm not interested yeah. in that at all well it really did kill a lot of the momentum one that they thing had. they didn't stick with is the movies made money but they were 200 plus million for their budget mm-hmm. and originally these movies had been planned to be like lower budget more like romantic i would Spider-Man have been totally films. fine with that and instead they just raised the budget and made them well, big superhero I, stuff i think they're competing with marvel like well that marvel was it yeah amazing spider-man you know? 2 was there was trying to compete with the MCU yeah. with that stuff and was and I probably think that's a mistake. Such a mistake because there is yeah. a world for both things yeah. to exist and I think you see that with Venom. You know, yes, <laughs> I think that like Venom is a is it's a cheap cheapy, yeah is a cheap so standalone movie of a completely different variety yeah. and it does not crowd. Yeah, I don't think you know when you try you see clearly like Justice League and other things like that are trying to get yeah into the Marvel cinematic universe mm-hmm. and then you have something like venom which is just like whatever he's doing a crazy accent yeah you know <laughs> this movie costs us 45 dollars to make yeah if you like it fine if you don't yeah. whatever here's yeah. woody harrelson in a nanny wig yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you know i i i think you're right i think that that the whole talk about like the new spider-man yeah. machine really killed a lot of mm-hmm. people's excitement um Especially because none of the projects had anybody excited. Like no. an Aunt May's Secret Agent movie no. was one. Uh, it was just one of those things yeah. where if they would have just shut up and made Spider-Man 3. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think yeah, we would have had a fine trilogy and, you know, yeah. like it or don't like it, yeah. you know? And also cheaper because these movies would be like actually very profitable had they been like 150 instead yeah. of 250. Yeah. So... Most, um, most of that one in the second one is probably yeah. Jamie Foxx's salary. Oh, boy. You know. Amazing Spider-Man 2 actually made the least amount of money so i think Mm. they were like "Uh oh we're in trouble yeah but i i just i don't know two movies in i think i would have just made a cheap spider-man 3 yeah uh because there's no closure to these films yeah i definitely skip over them i don't own them they're very much less like i don't I've seen them starting to put them out now in a five pack with the Raimi films. I saw the Homecoming in one too. It was a six pack. They're just throwing all the Spider Man movies together. So okay, Uh, all right. Well, let's talk Homecoming. Okay, I where is it? I don't know. You know, I really, I kind of feel like it's it's, it's my favorite Spider Man movie. Yeah, and that's fine. Amazing Spider Man Two would be my second. Wow. (laughs) So I I sat there very patiently and kindly yeah. while you're like Spider-Man Two feels like a skateboard video from yeah. 2001. Yeah, and here you are. This is yeah. your favorite. No, amazing Sp- no, it's okay. I would never like if I had to choose. Yeah. do the do the Raimi films or do the whatever the Andrew Garfield mm-hmm. films. If one of them is going to be erased from existence, I wouldn't even consider. Right. Because the Raimi films are just better yeah. for what they are. I'm just mm-hmm. saying, if I was going to pick up one and watch it, mm-hmm. I would be more likely to watch Amazing Spider-Man Two. Well, yes. I mean, the Raimi films are. Spider-Man movies in a world that's never had Spider-Man movies and still yeah. learning how to do this type of realistic yeah. and good superhero films, yeah. whereas Homecoming is jumping into a machine that is so finely tuned, yeah. it it barely has to break I sort a sweat. Of, I sort of feel like everything 
post homecoming has made me like it a little bit less. Oh. If that makes sense. Sure. I don't like, like I don't like a Spider Man who is so tied to other characters. What that was my complaint. I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you. But it's the same reason why I didn't like the Ultimate Spider Man cartoon show mm. or because okay. I just don't like I don't like that. The Spider-Man... It doesn't work. I don't think it works for Spider-Man. The Tom Holland Spider-Man, I get so tired of his like, is this is this a good job, Mr. Yeah. Stark? Am I doing yeah. it now, Mr. Stark? I'm yeah. like, shut up. You're, yeah. just, you're just being Spider-Man. Yeah. Who cares? And the, I mean, I guess this is just the way the movies went and maybe a kid like this, like this is the MCU Spider-Man. Yeah. So maybe this is what he would be like. But for me, I've always just seen like, S- Spider-Man feels like he doesn't fit in with the other superheroes yeah. and he's just doing his thing. So, well, again, I mean, it's a character who has no agency, really. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's just looking for approval yeah. and bouncing around and stuff. I, he just doesn't... I like Homecoming. I just don't love Homecoming. It it just does so much... I don't know. It never had, a, like, a big action scene that I really... Fair. That I really thought was great. The trailer spoiled a lot of the action scenes mm. as well. But And I like Michael Keaton, and I thought the vulture design was scary at times, but I never felt like there was a really great, like fight or yeah. action moment yeah, between the I two. I don't always need that. Yeah, I guess that's that's something that I feel like is important in a superhero film because yeah. they're supposed to be these bigger, larger-than-life things. Like, you can't do these scenes in a Jason Bourne film. Right. So... I, I think for me it was the performances. I think yeah, Tom Holland is great good. in that movie. And Jennifer Connelly is great. As the voice of the As suit. the voice of the suit. Yeah, Jennifer Connelly really wants to be the voice of my computer. That's fine. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I mean... Where do I get that app? Keaton, I think, is great. I think yep. their scenes together are really Keaton, good. I think they have excellent... Like, as the vulture in the car is yeah. is, is fantastic. Keaton. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But... And, and Iron Man's... Like, don't, Robert Downey Jr. is good in this movie, and I like seeing this, like, different side of him. It's just I'm less into the whole, like... It, it's just Spider-Man's, like, dependence. Like, what, whatever happened to uh, Uncle Ben there, yeah. Peter? You, you care at all? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, they don't want to redo I that just, again. I think that they could have... I think that they could have kept a lot of what they did mm-hmm. but made Spider-Man himself yeah. a little bit more aloof and not yeah. quite so like, yeah, maybe I'll do it. You know what I mean? Like also, I, I think that would have made the dynamic a yeah. lot better if Spider-Man was somewhat reluctant. Liz to, Liz Allen yeah. is the dullest she character yes. in I've in any of the I mean I after yeah. I saw the new one with my wife I'm like do you remember Liz she's like which one was Liz yeah because uh, like you have Emma Stone who's being very charming you yeah have Kristen Dunst who's great yeah uh, Liz I, I mean the actress is good I can't remember her name but she was in Black Klansman and she mm. was great but Liz Allen is just there yeah. to be nice yeah and that's her only character trait that she's yeah. nice I mean so it's no big surprise that like Zendaya is actually the character we're going to be following because she's so much more interesting even as the character is so yeah well you want to talk far from home yeah uh yeah sequel yeah you don't like this one which is crazy because homecoming is your favorite spider-man movie listen to me okay i watched this in the worst possible setting i was at charcoal corral Uh they kept shooting off fireworks I had to like strain to hear a lot of this. Uh-huh. So I'm trying to withhold a little bit of judgment. Were you like a grandfather watching this? Like, huh? Basically. Yeah, what? Mystery who? But I just didn't want... I don't like anything to do with like the five-year blip that the characters had. I, I mm-hmm. think that they sort of tried... They did acknowledge that in this movie, mm-hmm. but they didn't acknowledge any of the realities of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like half yeah. of the population has been gone for five years and is back and everything just goes on. And mm-hmm. all of Peter's friends were in the blip as well. Yeah. And like... Nothing matters. Yeah. Like everything's the same, but everything's different. Yeah. I I didn't really care for that and I and I did not care at all for 
there was just so much with with Nick Fury and and uh, Maria Hill like pulling Spider-Man back in and all that. I would have much rather just preferred a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. If it was just a Spider-Man Mysterio kind of thing, mm-hmm. I don't need the pretext of maybe Mysterio's a good guy. I just don't think mm-hmm. that that's I don't think that added anything to it because mm-hmm. like if you're listening to a Spider-Man podcast, I assume that you're familiar with the fact that Mysterio is one of Spider-Man's like primary villains. My wife didn't know who Mysterio was at all, but it really? was but it was oh. spoiled to her either by me yeah. or uh, or other podcasts. And I think people just assume everybody knows Mysterio's deal, mm. but she didn't. And I thought she just knew through osmosis yeah. who, who Mysterio Interesting. was. Okay. But I felt like they took out a lot of the stuff I didn't like about Homecoming even though some of the stuff I didn't like was still there. But I I was much more into this film than that. And maybe it's because I didn't know what, hap- what was going to happen basically at the halfway point on. Yeah. Um, which is rare for a Spider-Man film because usually the trailers are beat for beat what's yeah. going to happen in the movie. So yeah. I must have just avoided it. Um, but I liked Mysterio. I liked Jake Gyllenhaal. I liked certain uh, reveals in the movie. Yeah. And they're there are action scenes in this movie that felt memorable. And like I was in, there's the initial one where Spider-Man is basically dealing with uh, illusions like he has in the comics. And I yes. was, I was all into yes. that. Yes. Um, I agree. I agree fully. Any of them, any of the actual like Mysterio scenes yeah. did yeah. truly feel to me like something after, after two Spider-Man series mm-hmm. uh, and another Spider-Man movie in this, mm-hmm. I feel like the Mysterio sequences in this are things that we have genuinely never seen in a yeah. Spider-Man movie before. It, I mean, I guess you could compare it to like Doctor Strange getting his tour through the multiverse yeah. the first time where like hands are growing out of his hands, out of yeah. his hands. But it this was very much like the character thing. Yes. And it you're in a Spider-Man film. Yeah, we've never seen anything like in this. In many ways, I thought that this was the most true to the comics. Like hero villain interactions we yeah were really I, going through i it. also enjoyed the whole climax i thought the yeah, action in the climax was one that i was just like really into and i think um as the like there's the half first half of the movie that's very much like vacation uh all i ever wanted vacation yeah. uh, kind of stuff and then the second half becomes much more super heroic stuff yeah. and i think it, i i didn't I felt like it was, especially the front half, was very mm. light on actual Spider-Man. Yeah. I think it's an uneven film. Yes. But I think the difference is I was enjoying what the first half of the movie was. And then I also enjoyed what the second half of the movie was. But it never, it, it felt kind of like different movies at times. Yes. Or it wanted to be different movies. I don't, yep. I also didn't like the whole elemental stuff. I thought they were boring yeah. to look at and everything. But I think that's also the point. Right. That they're just I very agree. generic. Um yeah. And I guess I just, and because MJ's like the main character and I don't dislike Ned like you do. uh, I liked him okay in the first one. I just thought he had nothing to do in this one. So he had some humor. I mean, yeah, I thought there was some stuff. He didn't play a, he didn't play a role. He didn't like help in any way. Yeah, he did. He had to, he had to be like Spider-Man's guy on the inside to help get the class out of the way. He had to be like, I think we should go to the opera. All right. Um, I, Mm, all right. I don't love the whole, like, I just want to, I just missed Iron Man so much. I want to make yeah. Iron Man so happy. Yeah. There's a scene with a gravesite. I'm like, and I just turned to my wife, like, Uncle Ben can screw off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I enjoyed this one. So. Yeah. I, I think I didn't, I don't think I would say that I dislike it. Mm-hmm. I, it's definitely not the Spider Man movie that I wanted. Hmm. And I, 
I don't know. It's not one that I would instantly want to go. When Homecoming came out, I was like, I just want to watch that again. Yeah. This one, I don't know. You know. Yeah. I think All it's right. fine for what it is. I guess Weird. I think sometimes. I never understand you. You are know, the Mysterio I'm sorry. I'm sorry. in my own life. <gasps> oh, he really was Mysterio! I just, I just think sometimes. My hand is a hand is a hand! The interconnectivity of these uh-huh. movies can be its strength, but I think sometimes it's also the thing that holds what? them back. Homecoming was nothing but interconnectivity. I, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> sometimes I think it can really work, and other times I think like, darn it, we have to address what's happened in these other movies. Yeah. So here we go, you know, and and I think sometimes well, we it can't works all be and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think, do, don't you think that this movie would have helped with having some distance from the MCU? Don't you think it would have been better served apart more? I don't, I mean, at this point, like after Homecoming, to me, Far From Home felt less attached. Oh, okay, all right. I mean, there was a lot of Iron Man stuff still there. There was still Fury stuff, but I... I felt like he was off doing his own thing. So I was I was glad there weren't any like crazy like superhero cameos or whatnot. So Yeah. Uh yeah, there you go. Okay. So So that's the movies. Yeah. Uh you've said Spider Man two is your favorite movie, yeah. Uh though but but I think I might have to concede, and I've said this before, that into the Spider Verse, the yes. uh Miles Morales film, it might be the best Spider-Man movie. I don't think I can argue with that. And every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, this is so good. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe over time it might become my favorite one. Spider-Man yeah, 2 is that. probably like an age thing, but Into the Spider-Verse is just yeah. so good. I mean, the the, the the acting in this is yeah. amazing too. Chris Pine as like proto Spider-Man is great. Yeah. I'm Nick Cage, of course. Jake Johnson as schlubby yep. Spider-Man. I, you I, know, I think, I don't think I have any, I don't like, I don't like the Kingpin's design. It's yeah, the it's too only much. thing yeah. that I can say negatively about yeah. this movie. Everything else I think is great. So I don't know. I mean, for me, it's Spider-Man 2, Into the Spider-Verse, and then probably Spider-Man 1, but maybe Far From Home. There's mm-hmm. probably not enough time on Far From Home for me right yeah. now. Yeah, I know what you um, mean. And then, That's why I'm trying to I mean, the Garfield that. films are at the bottom. I would definitely put Get it. Amazing Spider-Man. I would definitely put Spider-Man 3 above those two films. Because uh, there's things about Spider-Man 3 I still like. Okay. So the, remember the, the dance? Not the dancing, but I don't hate the dancing. I understand the dancing, I yeah. think. But I mean, like, the crane rescue scene is pretty great. The scene where he's, like, swinging around the... Uh, yeah. He's fighting Goblin, and he's, like, swinging around the Empire Boy. State Building and shooting webs at him at the same time in his, like, street clothes. It's very... The level to which Stanley. I don't understand this movie, or don't remember this yeah. movie, is really yeah. coming back to and me. And I actually don't hate the Venom stuff, so... You know what? What? I like that though. I like that his uh, web shooters are organ- organic. Yes. Unpopular opinion, kind I know, of gross but I like that. About it. Yeah, well, I they are gross, it. but it's just, that's like the one thing that spiders do and for yeah. him to not have that power. Is, yeah. I, I, I didn't care I about that either. I understand why they did it. Growing up. You know, so I was like, sure, that's fine. Yeah. As, as we mentioned, we did dig into some Spider-Man comics as well as other Marvel mm-hmm. comics issues with author Fred Van Lente, who wrote yeah. some of the Spider-Mans uh, that we've read mm-hmm. recently, including Red-Headed Stranger, which has my favorite Spider-Man villain, the Chameleon. He's your favorite? I know. I always like chameleon stories. I, mean, I guess mine's Doc Ock. Yeah. But well, that's classic. But that I mean, sense. yeah. All right. So we will talk more about Spider-Man comics when we sit down with author Fred Van Lente in a special Off the Books episode coming later in the week. So keep an eye out for that. So in closing, we have tons of Spider-Man comics, movies, kids books, adult books, everything you could want right here in the David A. Howe Public Library. And of course, we can get you anything that you want. Uh, Spider-Man for me is a character that makes me happy. 
Yeah, you've said that. If I was going to read, if I was down and I wanted to like read a comic book, I always gravitate towards Spider-Man. Hmm. Even more yes. than Superman. Oh, wow. Uh, I think on Goodreads, my shelves in terms of size-wise goes yeah. X-Men, Batman, Spider-Man. Okay. So, All right. but Spider-Man has been a lot of comic. I mean, that's from the Ultimates as well. Yeah. So, yeah. anyway. Okay. Well, thanks for tuning in for this extra long episode. We'll talk more Spider-Man comics, and we'll sit down with Fred Van Lente in our next Off the Books episode. Uh, and don't forget, <laughs> er- Eric and I are going to be the Allegheny yeah, County Fair the on the 15th. Fif- 15th, right? 15th, I don't know. No, I was one making of those up days. a number. One of those days. The 15th, we're going to do a live episode there, and you can stop by and see us at the booth, the STLS booth you at know the Allegheny what? County Fair. You know what's happening the 16th? What? My Blu-ray Criterion edition of Night of the Living Dead is supposed to arrive. It's a big time so in I think that's man's what I'm, life. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. All right, folks, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time.